politics Some culture and craft beer Politics And that is why you're here Politics Adam's up Welcome to Potoms Up. Fred and Blotto discuss the politics of today, the culture of our lives, and the beer of our state. Potoms Up. Hello, everybody. Episode 59 coming your way. The 59th Street Bridge, Simon and Garfunkel, New York City. And uh, one of our comrades here is supposed to be going to New York City in two weeks, but what? (laughs) Coronavirus. (laughs) (laughs) It's everywhere. And, you know, we're not even going for the crowds, you know. Um, But let's just say hello here. So thank you, Fred, for the introduction. And Nobbs is here as well. Yep, I am here. The team is back together, and so far we're all non-coronavirus. Yeah, but I think we're all a little edgy from the (laughs) pre-production meeting. (laughs) I've been prepared for coronavirus my whole life. Just staying out of crowds, being antisocial. I'm sad. This is great. (laughs) Uh, But back to New York, we're going there for a medical procedure, which is, I'm going to assume it's going to get canceled. And it's an important medical procedure to Pop-Tart, but it, it's still an elective surgery in terms of, you know, when it's going to happen. And um, so it's probably going to get canceled. But I was kind of looking forward to going when the city is going to be rather dead. Right. Like, it's, it's hard to move around New York. Broadway won't be open, but we weren't really going to take in a play or anything like that. You know, she's she's going to have her hand in a big bandage and all that. Um, we might find some fun things to do that could be canceled. But at the same time, I just like roaming the streets of New York. And if I can do that when nobody else is there, no I, fight why through? not, yeah. right? And, um, How often so do you say you've done that? So that I was kind of looking forward to. She was talking to the medical staff there last week, and they said it's... It's kind of eerie how empty the streets are in New York mm-hmm. right now. And I would imagine that this week they're even going to be even emptier, especially as more people go home to work and yep. less people uh, or more people have re- reworked their travel plans and less people are traveling. Concerts are canceled? Yeah, concerts. <laughs> Getting the stink eye right now. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's not your fault, you know. Uh I don't. I don't know. Where are we going to start here? Oh, we're going to start with beer, though, right? We're going to start with beer. So, what do we got? Well, I was just going to say one thing, though, is that the fact that we're doing this podcast, we're not doing that social distancing like we're supposed to be doing. Uh, We're about three feet apart, two to three feet apart. Yeah, we're supposed to be six (laughs) feet apart. We probably shouldn't even be doing this today. (laughs) But Um, there is beer. That uh, Nobs has provided, so we'll, we'll let him give a, give a little description of what and, we got in store. Well, we've had M43 by Old Nation. Yum. Popular beer. But have you heard of B43? Just recently. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just saw it in the store last week, as yep. a matter of fact. I saw it last week, and I was like, I'm going to keep it on my radar, because it's my turn real soon. 
right, so this is B43 from Old Nation. Uh, it's their IPA, but Brute IPA. 7% alcohol, 65 IBU. Uh, says on a can, B43 is meant to be clearer, juicy, and dry. Very dry. It's a really light colored beer. Um, you know, we talked about that uh, in one of our recent previous episodes about mm -hmm. what, what beer was it that was super light? Oh, that El Ligero was very light color beer. This is, I would say... That looks like grapefruit juice. Uh, it smells like it, too. <laughs> uh, but I would say this is even lighter than that. Yeah, you might wow. be right. That's an odd bouquet. Uh, it does say haze is good, except in this case, which would be a reference to M43, which is very hazy. That's in New England, right? New England, yes. yeah. Yeah, um, yeah mine's, it's, it's clearing up. It, you know, I, I poured it, tried to get a little head on it. Not too successful there, but um, the longer it sits, it's not, it's not a crystal clear beer. No. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to let it settle a little bit, see if it does get clearer. You're not going to like it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You it never know. It you doesn't know? bite as much as I thought right. it would. Remember the last brute we had that Lefty brought? Um, they went out of business. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> that was Ferndale. What were they called again? Uh, Ac uh, Axel. Axel. Axel right. Oh, yeah. That, that brute was brutal. Yeah, well, this one's kind of probably right there with it for me. Yeah, it's, it's a lot. It's very dry. It's a lot of hoppiness. It hits the brakes hard on the back end. <laughs> what, what do you mean? It just, the, the flavor just stops. Oh. It's weird. I can still kind of taste it. Yeah, I don't get that. No, I think bad. it's got... I think it's it's I think it's hoppy all the way through from beginning to end. It's it's hoppy. I mean, beers like this are refreshing to a certain extent, um, you, you know. And you know, as much as I do believe my hops um, uh, enjoyment has improved over the time here sure. at, at at Pottoms Up. What was the um, one that we recently did? Was it the red? The red IPA that we did, yeah, um, you know that was terrific beer. Mm. Who was that by? Um, you you bought it, Fred. Yeah, I know. Uh, but anyway, um, can't recall. Yeah, but uh, yeah, this one's still probably overboard for me on 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 how far I can handle an IPA. This one goes to eleven. Yeah. Yes. Bells. Oh yeah, that was a yeah, that was a great beer. Yeah, that, well, that that's one of the best beers that I've had on Pottoms Up. You know what? If I walked into a bar and I saw you guys drinking this, I would think you were drinking cider or something. I would not even think that was a beer. It does not look like a beer to me in that glass. Well, it's not. It's not clear. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I, we, we're giving it time to 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 kind of get the bubbles out, and it's still very. I, I would describe it as hazy. Yeah, it's not pulpy, though, which is what they're referring to. I guess to. when they yeah. say haze is good except in this case, I, 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 I'm not sure that they should use that on the, <laughs> on the can. Not that people really pay that much attention. I think it's probably literally only us. <laughs> 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 and that's just content filler. <laughs> and that's just not um, a beer collar to me. Um, yeah. They do list the hops and the malt on here again, though. Something we talked about before was a yeah, ongoing thing. Seeing more of that. It's got Pills, Calypso, Amarillo, which we've had before. 
Citra. But no yeah. Fuggle. No Fuggle, so. <laughs> it's a Fuggle-free beer. I, I mean, I'm not sure I'm going to want to re- reserve judgment because I, I can tell you that probably through this segment I will finish this beer. I, I just don't know that oh, I'd ever order. law. I just don't know that I'd ever order it again. You know? What about you, Fred? Hmm. It's okay. It, it's almost a little offensive tasting. How so? The flavor. <laughs> <laughs> you know what it kind of reminds me of? It's, it's like, like if you have a bad grapefruit. It has a taste when it, there's just something not right huh. about a grapefruit. Almost a burn. It's off it. a little bit. Mm. Yeah, it's a, it almost tastes like it's a piece of fruit going bad. <clears throat> hmm. Flavor, just from, I'll drink the whole thing too as well, but from a <clears throat> um, flavor standpoint and enjoyability, I'd say it's, right now it's not for me. My first taste, I really liked it. But after thinking about it for a little bit, it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's. it's I'm not offended by the taste like you are, <laughs> but it doesn't really do anything for me either. I think there's so many other beers that are so similar to it and do it better. I'm finish it, but I'm think it's going to be a math for me. And I mean, you would just be more likely. Just to pick up the M43. I didn't want to say it. Yeah, I know. I didn't want to say it, but if two cans are there next oh. to each other, I'm going M43 over B43. Yeah. <laughs> no contest. Yeah. I mean, you didn't have to say it. I said it for you because I knew that's kind you of You know like, where I was going. Right, right. Yeah, right. You read my yeah. mind. So. But yeah, I think it's a fine beer, but it's just it's just okay. I, I think the, the taste of it, resembles the bouquet of it too because like the bouquet of it 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 almost doesn't smell right to me but but i know that's the intention it's not bad beer but i don't know i kind of get that a little bit that little skunky smell to it Uh, yeah Hmm. hey hey fred when you introduced the episode at 59 i did i did think we, we we overlooked one obvious 59 my age? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> this I'm, al- year. I'm almost in that high-risk uh, coronavirus. I, 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 I thought about it uh, kind of just after you started. I thought, oh, yeah. well, that's right. Fred is going to be 59 in Get a month and a half. Get off my lawn. Mm. <laughs> I don't there. think you have to worry about that till you're 60. <laughs> I don't know. I knew, uh, I knew a 20-year-old who did that. <laughs> No, I didn't mean like, I mean like feel old, you know? Oh, okay. You know? You know, 59 is the new 49 or whatever, right? But 60, 60 is the new 60. 60 is still 60. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I'm not far behind you. I know. <clears throat> Just a couple. Anyways, speaking of coronavirus. <laughs> I'm, I'm chuckling. And I, I, this will segue into, I, I guess, the, the topic of coronavirus. Is, uh, when I fired up the iPad here, um, my inbox popped open first, just because of the last thing it was on. And um, uh, the good news is um, I got a first-class upgrade on my flight next week to uh, Portland. <laughs> <laughs> Now, why do you suppose that is? 
<laughs> Probably no one else on the and plane. No one else on no. the plane. And I've got to cancel this ticket because I'm not going on that plane either. Oh. And my company, well, you know, I mean, our com- my company has also uh, put the kibosh. First, they put the kibosh on international travel. Then last mm-hmm. week, they put the kibosh on domestic travel. And I just haven't gotten around to canceling the flight yet. And my company got rid of international, domestic. And then the last thing they sent out is they said, if you are going on personal travel, that... You're fired. <laughs> no. <laughs> But you have to report to HR, tell them where you've been, and if you've been on a, in a hot spot area, you, you are required to take seven days mandatory time off after. So they've not only dictated the business travel, now they're like, well, if you're, if you're going to travel personally, that's your decision, but we're going to force you to take a week's worth of vacation after you get back to make sure you're not sick. Even though it can incubate for up to 15 days, I thought. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, they, they, I believe it's seven days, they said. Mandatory. So if you have no I vacation what they, days, what happens? Is it unpaid or are they supplementing that? I don't remember seeing that in there, but it's early in the year. Most people still have their days left, so. Well, <laughs> they don't want to use them. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, should be, it shouldn't be whether you have them or not. It should be the policy as to whether or not they're going to cover them or not. I think they're yeah. just trying to discourage people from going from in the going. first place. Yeah, um, it's not another business where you go. <laughs> you're going to you're going to Woohoo China, you know. <laughs> A little vacation to Woohoo. Five vacation days, I'd probably go to Vegas right now. Yeah, I've canceled my Vegas trip, <laughs> so I'm not going to Portland. Uh, we were supposed to go to Vegas next weekend. But we were going to watch a hockey game. <laughs> canceled. Hockey's all canceled, right? Right. Okay. It, it, there were a lot of reasons why this trip had the potential to fall apart, even before coronavirus. So the coronavirus kind of made it a little easier to do because right. some of the guys then didn't want to spend too much money for the Red Wings tickets versus the Knights, like we did last year. Then another guy that we're going to visit there isn't even going to be there most of the weekend. He has to go to Texas for a family thing that kind of came up as a surprise, surprise birthday party for his mom. Oh, yeah. So he's going to be gone. Um, and uh, one guy had already kind of dropped out of this thing. So when coronavirus kind of came up, it was like... Oh. Gave everybody the out. Yeah, and especially then to cancel the Airbnb and get um, you know full value on that. And um, we're still... Quite, we're not quite sure exactly what we're going to do with our flights. Mike might get some money back, might just get a credit, and we were going cheapo air with Frontier. Um, so that 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 two hundred and eighty bucks might just be gone, in my opinion. Hmm. You know? That's kind of shitty. Yeah, I guess their policy right now is um, you have to book within ninety days for. Use by November 9th. Uh, and they are waiving the cancellation and change fees, but it is just a credit. Oh, it's a credit. But, but, you know, when people book airline tickets, they're not booking because I have an extra $280 and now I want to spend it on an airline ticket. You're booking it for a specific purpose on a specific, specific date, mm-hmm. you know? And, you know, no one ever wants to give their money back. I mean, <laughs> You know, but 
I don't need a credit with Frontier Airlines. Right. You're never going to fly them again. <laughs> well, actually, in my situation, I could because they go out to uh, Trenton, which is very close uh, to my family that's up in uh, outside of uh, Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. It's actually closer than, say, Philadelphia Airport to, to where they live. So I've flown into Trenton. And Frontier, one of the reasons I have you is because if you book early enough, they have like the $29 flights to Trenton. Hmm. Yeah. So I, I didn't have, even know they were still around. Trenton? Yeah, no. it is. <laughs> <laughs> Not for long, though. Not with the coronavirus. Yeah. Um, uh, so I guess I, I could have 10 tickets. <laughs> well, you know, but, you know. Pottoms up is going to record from Trenton. <laughs> um it's hard to get the $29 tickets, but I actually have gotten the 20 Because they sell like just a couple, and then it goes to 49 or 39 and then that's each way, and then it's bags, and it's seat. And yeah. by the time you're all done, you're still offers a 150 bucks or whatever. Still not bad airfare. No, no, it's not. That's why I have used them versus my preferred flyer of Delta um, that I use most of the time. But some, you just, you can't. It's it's hard to turn it away, you know what I mean? You know, six hundred bucks on Delta, one hundred fifty bucks on Frontier. Oh, so not Fr- a- Frontier, if you're hearing this, go ahead and sponsor us. Yeah, throw some free ticket <laughs> bottles away, would you? Um, but I, I I'd much rather have my two hundred eighty bucks back. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I don't know where are we at. I mean, like, you, you know, I I just keep kind of, I just get the feeling that Corona is just turning America upside down in so many ways. Uh, I don't know if we're overreacting. I don't know. I think we don't know until we know. Now That's the problem. Fred, I, I mean, it's... do you feel like there's an overreaction happening in this world? Oh, here's, here's my biggest issue with coronavirus and the reaction that we have. How do we know when to start easing back into what was normal? That's that's the part that I'm struggling with, and I'm not saying that it it won't be obvious when it happens. I'm just saying how when will that happen? I mean, Fred, you were talking about a concert that could get canceled mm-hmm. as late as late June. Right, right. Uh, doesn't that seem kind but, of like way out there? Yeah, but I mean. That was just my gut reaction. I mean, it's based on nothing because I don't think they're canceling things out that far. So, yeah, the concert's in the end of June, and I just... It was a birthday gift from from my daughter and her boyfriend, and and I was very excited to hear what, it, you know, that I was going to the show, and then I thought about it. I was like, well, shouldn't get my hopes up too much because they're probably going to cancel it, but... That, yeah, you're right. That That is quite a ways out there, and I'm getting ahead of the game. Well, I'm going to do something I probably shouldn't do on the air because it might lead to cussing. But I'm going to look up the venue of the concert that I'm supposed to see in New York of the trip that's probably going to get canceled <laughs> and see what they have posted anything about canceling their shows through early April. And I'm going to be pretty upset about it. Should I get ready for the beat button? Uh, yeah. Beep, beep. <laughs> um, do you think that um, had this administration attacked this earlier, we would be right here today with this with this reaction, both as in, in disruption of our daily lives, 
uh, and also the economic uh, aspect of it. I still think we'd probably be in sort of the same position because look at the, the countries that were in gear at the beginning of it, like China. Look at the things they did. You know what I mean? They, they immediately locked things down, and, and yet their lives have been put on hold. And, and they, act, they acted accordingly. We're, we're months behind where we should be. So, yeah, I could see at this point to still be in sort of a, the gray area, not knowing. But like with China, for example, their um, increase in the rate of cases being reported is on the decline now. So the, the things they have done, drastic as they were, have worked, and, and, and it seems measurable. At least that's the way it appears. Um, so do you think then that will our scientists will start to be able to see this flattening of the curve that we're waiting on? I hope so. I mean, um, I mean, I mean that's, that. you know, like I said, that's been my biggest concern about the way this is being handled is... If we're only testing sick people because we don't have enough test kits, but even with enough test kits, we're only testing sick people, uh, it looks like 100% of the people that we're testing are sick. You know what I mean? It's like, how, how do we start to get our arms around the scope? And then, therefore, we can make better decisions on the scope. You know, with things like influenza... We've had decades and decades of, you know, data, you know, and, and we, we know how many people it's going to kill. We know how many people are generally going to be infected. You know, there's a, there's a, you know, there's bad flu seasons, you know, there's flu seasons that aren't as bad, um, but they don't require wholesale disruption to our lives. Kind of what I'm, I'm trying to, 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 to get at. Well, I think I think a lot of the confusion comes out of a couple things, and and I, I point towards this administration for them. Two years ago in 2018, dumbass gutted the the people out of the CDC who work on this kind of thing. The pandemic response team. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, they gutted them, and they never replaced them. Just because Obama touched them at some point, so he had to get rid of them. And then the second thing is back in the beginning of the year, we were given red lights flashing that this thing was coming, and they, they didn't attack it at that point. So we're months behind. So my point is, is that you had talked about the flattening of the curve. How do we know when it's working? I, I don't know. That's skewed because of... The fact is we're just now starting to get to the point where we're going to start testing enough people to get a good feel for where we're at. But it, the numbers are going to look horrible. They're going to skyrocket because right. th- those cases were out there regardless. They just weren't being tracked. And mm-hmm. now all of a sudden we're going to be able to track them. So your curve is going to go through the roof and how to get it to flatten out to where the point where they feel like 
they can throttle back a little bit is it's it's all skewed because of these dummies not doing what they're supposed to so do. So there's going to be an overreaction. Yeah. Well, to yeah. Counter that huge spike. Yeah. The I think that the numbers are going to go through the roof just because this it it's it's out there. It's it's a, a disease that spreads fairly easy. The numbers are out there. They're just not detected. Correct. So to to get a good grasp on when the curve has truly flattened out, it's messed up because of the people handling mm-hmm. it. It, it, um, it. It's harder to get a, a realistic picture of what's going on, and it's their fault. You know what I mean? What? Postponed. Oh, it is? Postponed. <laughs> Go ahead, let it out. Well, check mine now. Yours is not postponed. Check it. Do it. Check it. June 26, Freedom Hill. <laughs> So I think this is definitely a consequence when you have a president that doesn't believe in science. <clears throat> or medicine. He, he does Scientific medicine. He thinks he's the smartest guy yep. in the room, and he, he's the expert. He knows all. He doesn't need people around him that have the true knowledge and, and credentials. He, he, he's a moron. You can, you can track his responses. The only time he started taking this seriously was when the stock market started to crash. Well, I and, have, and not I, at first either. Because that yeah. is his only thing he can say about his presidency is stock market is doing good, your 401ks are good. And now that's out the window. Which just about every president since the 80s can say that the stock market has done well under that. Because that's how it trends. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's simple investing. It's like investing 101. Uh, put money in the stock market because it always goes up. Well, I mean... the. the the wealth in the United States still continues to grow incrementally. It doesn't yeah. spread itself out the way that it should, but it still grows. Over a long enough timeline. So you had mentioned up. tracking the, the, the Dunce's comments on, on, on coronavirus. Uh, someone put together a nice little list here. I think I've seen the same one. Yeah, January 22nd. Uh, we have it totally under control. It's one person coming in from China it's going to be just fine mm-hmm. yeah does fine include canceling my Kenny Wayne Shepherd concert in New York City no it does not <laughs> we're out of fine at this point in time actually we're out of fine when they canceled the Masters uh, I was fine until that happened uh, we pretty much shut it down coming from China February 22nd or, or 24th the coronavirus is very much under control in the US stock market starting to look good um, February 25th. I think that's a problem that's going to go away. They have studied it. They know very much. In fact, we're very close to a vaccine. This was February 25th. <laughs> Which, to the state, we're nowhere near a vaccine. It's a year to a and then, year. And then, and then there's this, this classic, right? <laughs> Which really, I mean, this, pick a topic. We're ordering a lot of supplies. We're ordering a lot of uh, elements that, frankly, we wouldn't be ordering unless it was something like this. But we're ordering a lot of different elements of medical. <laughs> of medical. <laughs> you know, I looked up the periodic table of elements. I didn't find medical on it. No? No. <laughs> wasn't there. Uh, uh, yeah, that's the, uh, the abbreviation RX. <laughs> RX, okay. <laughs> Bottoms up on that one. <laughs> that was quite good. <laughs> you, you know the his baby, the stock market, because that's all he really cares about. That's all he can hang his hat on. He 
Per the norm, he is his own worst enemy. The the fact that he contradicts everything the doctors and scientists say that are even on his corona task force behind pens. He he is constantly He only sees them through one lens. Right. So how does this look on me? Right. And and so he he contradicts the the things that the scientists are saying and stuff like that. So it confuses the population. If you confuse the population, it's going to flow over into the market. And the market gets jumpy and jittery, and you see what happens. They've had these record losses. You know, it's just amazing. I I got a um, I am the other day on Facebook from a uh, Trumpster that I argue with usual on a normal basis. And they had that one little bump up, I don't know, in the last couple days in the market. And he said, you see the stock market's being positively affected by Trump because he finally almost started uh, telling the truth in line with what the profession said. But they, but they wouldn't take ownership of the horrible losses we've had lately. They, they only wanted you to bite on yes. the, the, the one positive yep. day that they've had but the two weeks that the, it's gone down the toilet, they don't want to own that. That's not their fault. When in actuality, it is. Yeah, yeah. Well, what did what did uh, what was it, what did Trump say in reference when he said, um, "Yeah, we don't take responsibility for that." No, he said, "I don't take responsibility." I don't take responsibility. Not we. Yeah. He said that that reporter asked him flat out, "Do you take responsibility?" And he said, "I don't." Yeah. He he, he that guy. Owns yeah. nothing. Here, I was just kind of looking through this list. March March 4th, he said, you know, sitting around and even going to work. Some of them go to work, but they get better. <laughs> then March 5th, he said, I never said people that are feeling sick should go to work. <laughs> <laughs> well, he didn't say that exactly because you have to read through the Trump speak. Like, it, you know, it, since he doesn't make sense, everything's left open for interpretation anyway. <laughs> Is there like a Rosetta Stone or like a Duolingo for Trump speak? How to treat, how to speak maggot? Yeah. No? I actually have told people that I treat, I, I can speak Trump. Like I, I know oftentimes what he's trying to say, you know. Right. And, 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 and um, you know, can understand what his cult hears him say. But, you know, that to me is still not an excuse for saying things that are wildly inaccurate or hyperbolic or deplorable or whatever. And, you know, um, you know, they will just excuse that and, and just kind of fill in the blanks, you know. Um, the, the other thing that was just really kind of remarkable in Trump's attitude about this is when he talked about how he likes the numbers just where they're at. They're just fine. Stop testing. And 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 like this, you know, he's he's good with the numbers. Which like numbers? The, the the low numbers that we originally had of infected cases. Okay. Remember and, the mythical fifteen that would be down to five and then zero. I don't know if he meant stock market numbers or. No, oh yeah, no, no, the, the number of and and he was like, I, I'm good with that. You know, like in other words, if the doctors are reporting more, we don't want to hear Stop about testing. it. I'm I'm good with what we got. This isn't gonna this. This plays in my favor because China and Italy have more. You right. know, I mean, it was just—it's it, it, just a, such a bizarre way of thinking. 
Well, he was comfortable with that size of pandemic. Y- yeah. Yeah. That was good for him. He, it was we don't need any more. We're good. So, you know, stop reporting more numbers because we're good. It's just, uh, yeah, it's... Well, we went from the mythical 15, and I think we're up around three grand now, and about 80 deaths. Hmm. That's funny. It didn't go down to zero. But April 1st yeah, is coming. April's a few weeks away. So uh. April 1st, it should all... <laughs> it's be like a miracle. It'll just... Go away. Well, then I wonder if uh, KWS would play if it goes away April first. Probably. I don't, just as postponed. <laughs> One of my big problems about this administration is the attack on journalism and media. I've seen people saying coronavirus is a hoax. It's not nearly as big as as we think it is. The media has just inflated the numbers and made it sound scarier than it is and they just want to destroy your 401k and they are the enemy of the people well that's so they can destroy trump you destroyed the 401k so you can destroy trump that that's the um conspiracy theory yeah but my point is that it's come down to trump the virus has infected people's brains to think that the free press is the enemy of the people and that is such a scary thought to me I, I saw a article today that talked about one of the one of the big characteristics of the entire Republican Party conservative movement, the way they have energized people in the past has been through fear. Mm-hmm. Right? That's a that's a that's a, a huge part of who they are. Fear, hate, and ignorance. And uh, and, and the and, trifecta. And, and this 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 article kind of got into the you know the machinations of the brain, right? And and that fear has always driven because that's why some people are prone to be more Republican or liberal or progressive or conservative, whatever labels you want to use, because of fear. Mm-hmm. But yet they are the least likely to be concerned right now about coronavirus. And what um, what they're analyzing now is that their love for authoritarianism trumps the fear. <laughs> no pun intended. Okay, and so it's really authoritarianism that seems to be what's driving people's mm-hmm. uh, uh, infatuation with this narcissist more than your typical Republican fears. You know, Fox News before Trump came along was built on the idea of fear, fear, fear. Breitbart, the same thing, you know, you know, teams of people scaling fences and crap like that. And, you know, but the Trumpsters have latched on to this idea that we need, you know, strong leaders. And that's really, so now if the leader says don't fear this, we're not fearing it, you know. There was a, a study, another study I saw, uh, where they polled and surveyed um uh, some retirement communities in Florida called the Villages. Oh yeah, you, everyone's well, everyone knows the Villages. Yeah, right. and highest concentration of chlamydia, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's all kinds of stuff going on down there, right? And uh, <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not a joke. No, no. It's a, uh, I, I was looking for that in the article, you know. But anyway, looking for um, chlamydia. Oh, whatever it is, they, they 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 have a good time. There's a lot of things going on down there. And you know what? Uh, that's all good. More people having sex, the better America is. But uh, 
and these people were particularly, um, you know, susceptible to the worst uh, effects of coronavirus. Yeah. But yet, they were in the in the groups that they were polling were some of the least concerned. And so they kind of had to ravel, unravel this and figure out, well, you've got all these 65 to 85s mm-hmm. living in this concentration. They're not worried. They're still gathering. Then they broke it down by political affiliation. And apparently uh, in the villages, um, uh, Republicans outnumber Democrats by two to one. Uh, that's I don't, I don't know if that data is real or whatever, but that's kind of what they said. So when you have that big a margin, two to one, no wonder why it's skewing the data, saying, yeah, we're not concerned about coronavirus because dear leader says we don't have to. Mm-hmm. It's amazing yeah. how many things today are politicized. Everything is. Yeah. Everything is political. Everything. Every single thing you do. I mean, now, whether I am afraid or not afraid of coronavirus comes down to the tribe that I'm aligning myself politically with. That's why I say this: it's the, the whole fucking world is upside down right now. Mm-hmm. It just is. It 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 is just so freaking crazy. We've had other pandemics in the past, obviously, and it, it's never like turned our world upside down like this. So, what's the X factor? Yeah, president Obama. <laughs> well, <laughs> if you ask, if you ask Trump, he's blaming Obama, right? Right. Um, you know, I think that's a really good observation. He he's just got everything normal that we've known almost all of our lives just upended. Um, black is no longer white. Black is white. No, whatever. Black is no longer white. I meant what I said. Okay. It's more than I can process. <laughs> um, <laughs> Kenny Wayne Shepard is no longer playing at the town hall. That's all I care about right now. Takes the pressure off the surgery. Yeah. (laughs) Because if he was still playing and they canceled the surgery, that would be another matter altogether. Right, right. Uh, Anyway. So how else is this thing affecting our lives? Toilet paper. Um, Is it a Michigan thing, you think? Or is it a national Oh, thing? that's national. I don't... Okay, I went to CVS yesterday. I don't think... I don't know if they had any toilet paper. Because some of the shelves were bare. But they had a lot of stuff. It wasn't like everything was sold out. They were out of hand sanitizer. Um, Clorox wipes are hard to get. They had some of those. They had some They had some wipes. They really? had some wipes, yeah. Um, you know, uh, they were about 85 bucks a pack. Um, <laughs> talking CVS, right? Um, I guess that's normal pricing yeah. for them. <laughs> uh, I was expecting, for whatever reason, I was expecting to see the shelves more bare than they were, you know? Because so I keep seeing these pictures online of these grocery store aisles that are just wiped out. And I think to myself, I have not seen this. Do I have to go and check this out? I mean, is this... Is this- I went this morning to a Meyer. Um, overall, like the food was down for what it normally is. Like hamburger was a little bit sparse here and there. Some of the frozen food section was a little bit emptier, but you could still definitely load up a cart. No problems whatsoever. But yeah, the toilet papers 
like just half aisle that they have completely empty. And then the Clorox wipes and hand sanitizer is completely gone. You said that was Meyer? Yes. As of like 9 a.m. this morning. Um, but yeah, they're not completely empty of food everywhere. No one's just buying up 50 pounds of burger or anything. Uh, my sister in the Philadelphia area said she couldn't get bottled water. Um, that aisle was a little bit sparse. It was a little sparse over at CVS too, but I'm thinking I, myself, I got a case. Why are people worrying about <laughs> bottled water? Because it's the apocalypse, man. Because <laughs> I mean, I, we we didn't buy any of that because I, I didn't understand. Is that our water's working fine? Yeah, she was. I'll be getting, completely honest. I bought two cases. <laughs> because because in an emergency, dehydration is what you would die from. Why do you think that we would be in a state of emergency? <laughs> Michigan is in a state of emergency. Different. Hysteria. I'm just. I mean, the technical term for a state of emergency, uh, yeah. you know, doesn't really. It's not a call to action for the people. It's a call to action for certain triggers to happen to allow the freedom for sure. things to you know for organizations and, to, and to spend more money departments. To do whatever they need to do. So I did go out this morning, and I bought more food than I would typically would for a week, just because, why not? Mm-hmm. But I also bought food that, hey, you know what? If I need to be quarantined for two or three weeks like Italy currently is, great. It'll last during that time. If things go beyond that, and I can't go out to a store to get anything, it'll stay fresh in my cabinet for that long. Or if nothing happens, I got it on hand. I'll use it well, six months well, from now. So sure. Sure. I mean, I, I, I guess I see stocking up on a little bit of food, but I also, I, I cannot envision the time where you wouldn't be able to go to the Myers again. Like, that's the part that I don't, like, you, you know, that we that's are going to be on. from dehydration. <laughs> that, that, that we are going to be on some kind of, like, involuntary lockdown. Come on. Come on. Likely, no. Not li- that, that even puts it in a bad way. Likely no. How about impossible? 0.1%? 0.01%? Okay, then, I'm, that, I'm that going, falls in the improbability category. I'm going to drink that bottle of water regardless. So what does it matter if I buy it now? Okay, well, first of all, you shouldn't buy bottled water. So, Bernie, bro. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe if there was Medicare for all, this wouldn't happen. <laughs> uh, speaking of that and coronavirus, I'm, I'm, you know, I, I track Breitbart and I'm seeing this stuff about how uh, because Italy has socialized medicine, that's why more people are dying. Because they have to ration the resources. And, and, and terms like death panels are coming up. So if you're over 80 and you have coronavirus, the doctors are not going to attend to you and uh, they're going to attend to someone that's younger and healthier that has coronavirus in Italy. And then they get a couple of quotes from some person you never heard of, you know, and, and, and that's supposed to be what's ha- actually happening there. Now, Breitbart's the enemy of the people. Now, what I would say about this, what I would say about it, is there could be some truth to it because it's a matter of resources. Yes. Right? 
and if the resources are so over, or if the if the medical care are and the resources I guess are so overwhelmed by the spikes that they're having in Italy on this problem, you are going to run into a triage issue, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you, you know, how, who are you working on first? Mm-hmm. That really has nothing at all to do with uh, the way that your healthcare system is uh, financed and maintained by either capitalism or government or socialism or whatever. Oh, it comes down to resources. What do you have? I mean, we have a million hospital beds in this country. That's a, I just heard that number the other day. I thought it was a good source. You know, If we had 30 million people with coronavirus that needed hospitalization, uh, we would absolutely be overwhelmed. Now, and I thought to myself, okay, so... If they don't want socialized medicine, if the Breitbartians don't want socialized medicine, so what they're saying is the problem in Italy is that someone can't buy themselves right. the medical attention. The 75-year-old or the 85-year-old who is rich, he's not able to buy himself medical attention at you know what I mean, at the at the cost of somebody else that can't afford to buy it. So when you look at situations like this, I'm glad Italy has socialized medicine. You know, maybe they're again they're resource constrained, mm-hmm. and that's creating a problem. But the idea is that everyone is treated fairly within that. Because yeah. what know? would happen here is someone couldn't afford to go to the hospital, so they either one stay at home, yeah. and die, yeah. or two say, screw it, I can't afford to take time off of work, go to work, and infect the rest of their co-workers, and then people die. Yeah. So, which way do you want to have it? um, Fred, Hmm. what do you know, and I'm asking that as a loaded question because I don't don't have the answer, what do you know what's going on right now with the bills in Congress on this? Speaking of, like, paid sick leave, and have you been keeping track of any of that? Um, or knobs? You... There's two bills, right? <clears throat> one for no taxes on pay, and then one on... Well, there's a payroll tax cut that he wants to do, which yep. doesn't do anything which... at all for anybody. Well, if you want to start a business right now, it's good for you. <laughs> <laughs> or go for it. <laughs> <laughs> that, there's, there's so many other reasons why I shouldn't. <laughs> The, the pros are outweighing in the cons right now. <laughs> I haven't looked into it. Like I told you, a crazy work week, and I was off the juice, off the news for the most part. I, okay, Pelosi was working with Mnuchin on a bill. Yep. Yeah. Did that pass the House? I heard it pass the House, yeah. and they, the Senate took the weekend off. <laughs> Self-quarantine. Well, yeah. Because they can afford to do that. And they were supposed to, like, vote on it Monday. But then I I thought it all was good there, but then I heard, um, what was the caveat to it? It, um, Blanking. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't know where it stands, I guess. And, and I know what's in the bill. I know what it was. It was that the Republicans said that a, the companies that had 500 or more employees would not do the paid vacation. It was 500 and below. And I'm thinking... 
Wait, I remember seeing something about that too, but I thought it was backwards. What? That the Democrats wanted that? No, no, no. Like, I would think that the government would cover the companies, the smaller companies for paid vacation and not the larger companies. And it seemed to be like the bill was the other way around. That the government was only going to cover the larger companies, but not the smaller companies, or some. It was, and we are really speaking out of our ass right now. But mm. that's, it, it was. It, it seemed backwards to me. What would be like the government needs to help small business. That's what the government really should be helping. Well, I I was talking to Half Pint. We we saw that on MSNBC this morning, and I said I would think a. The companies that had 500-plus employees would be in a better position. So you saw what I saw. Yeah. What I just said is kind of what I right. thought. Right. I would think that the, the bigger companies would be in a better position to provide the 14 days paid sick leave because they're bigger companies and they probably make more money. But right. They, they also, bigger companies have more resources, not just more money if they're profitable, but they, you know, that... They have the resources in place that their business doesn't come to a grinding halt if somebody else has to leave. You know what I mean? So, so it's much easier for them to react to, um, you know, certain segment of their labor force, you know, being out of pocket. Where in smaller companies, that is a, a greater strain. Yeah. But I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. It seemed backwards to me. No. And 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 on and when I saw that, I thought, okay. You know, getting screwed again. You know, the populace getting screwed again. That's that's even even from the Democrats. <laughs> There's also been some shady stuff in that bill too, though, with the House. Did you hear about the anti-abortion thing they tried to sneak in? Yeah, <laughs> I I saw something on on Breitbart about how they tried to put in uh, a pro-abortion thing. Some 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 of funding they wanted to put in some medical funding some government this is what Breitbart said oh, sure and so the Breitbart was saying that the Republicans stood their ground and got that taken out of the bill I'm like whatever I read it completely <laughs> different and Republicans are trying to put in anti-abortion yeah. into the bill <laughs> like I said earlier the fucking world is upside down it is crazy is is. Bonkers. That's insane. But that sort of stuff pisses me off. You have a bill that's directly related yes. to one yes. emergency, and you're trying to sneak in your own political beliefs into it. It's pork. Yeah. Um, that's what politicians do. Well, it's in some cases it's pork. I don't know if I'd call that pork as much as it's politics. You know what I mean? They're not they're not trying to get the bridge to nowhere funded, you know. They're 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 trying to get their agenda through uh hidden in in, in like, you know, poison well, pill I kind of things. It's like I, I am you too. have an issue. Keep Address it on it. the issue. Yeah. Address the issue just right there. Just this little I know it's been going slice. on for years, and I'm sure both sides have done it, but this whole thing of putting in a completely different little Because everyone's going to sign off on it, yeah, they figure. Yeah, bullshit. Of course it is. I hate that about our government so much. Yes. That should not be allowed. Yeah. In the, the, the House bill that they did pass, they were saying that it took 
the president's to kind of give his papal blessing yeah. to get the, the Republicans, Republicans yeah. to, to agree to it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, are you effing kidding me? It, I'm not just, just from Wait, a, that's not shocking at all. Just from a human point of view, look, we got a problem. We got to take care of the population. Let's all come together, kumbaya, and just do it. <laughs> but no, yeah. they, they had, they had know, to wait until you know they got his... you sound? Uh, <laughs> just the separation... The checks and balances, they should not be looking to the president to say, can I vote on this? Well, that's, that's they, irrelevant. They basically said that's what it took. It, it, it took dear leader to say, well, yeah, look at, look at McConnell's okay. comments in the past. We're not doing anything unless the president is on board with it. Yep. And since he never really knows what the president's going to be on board with, there's nothing, right? One minute he's in favor of DACA, the next minute he's not, right? I mean, you know? Yeah, you never know. <laughs> so how guy, you know? Because I don't think the Senate's going to move on this bill. I think they have to. <sighs> I, you know, I, I'm. I, 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 there's very. I have very little faith in the system anymore. Well, yeah. Okay, so you think tomorrow when they're back, they're just not going to vote for it? I don't know. I don't know. I, 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 I have little faith they could. Besides, I, I'm done making predictions on pot of blood. <laughs> yeah. Blastradamus. <laughs> you know, you, you know, said so. The coronavirus would be out of the news cycle by tomorrow. So, so Bird, uh, uh, the sixteenth. What, what if it does? <laughs> so, so, so Bird said on that it. episode, you know, uh-huh. and she was telling me that her and uh, uh, some of her friends were were listening to it uh, out in Seattle, and she had returned, and <laughs> they just had a very good time <laughs> at my expense. <laughs> Because <laughs> I know most of them, and uh, I said, you know what, it, you, know, you know, I'm doing my job. I said, if I can, you know, get people to laugh at me. <laughs> I, I don't know how you ever expected media's this, attention, history, this nightmare, history to be. Nah, but the thing about it, it, it was, it's been spinning out since day one, and and. and so then I'll go back to what I said earlier. When does it come back to normalcy? How? What and how does that look like? One thing I, I heard what is normal from, anymore. I heard from that doctor Fauci. Yeah, you know, Fauci. Was, you know, hating Trump. You know, you know where where I can buy as much toilet paper as I want. My concerts aren't getting canceled. All right, I don't have to worry about you know festivals when Bernie's president. Ah. Uh, Sorry, Fred, go ahead. And, and you. Back to his question. That Dr. Fauci, the guy from CDC that everybody considers the expert on it, he said that probably within eight or nine weeks, they would attain the curve below what they're talking about. So he, he's the only person I've heard that has put like a time frame on it. And I think that's a combination of finally... Finally, getting the tests done that need to be done. And secondly, the seasonal thing with the warming weather. Eight, nine weeks starting from when? I heard it was like last week. So he was saying in that That's time, too far. <laughs> oh, he, you're looking at concerts again. When, when, when's my Roger Waters concert? <laughs> but he was the only one that I've heard that actually put kind of a time frame to it. And he said he couldn't guarantee it, but he felt that... 
you know, with his knowledge and, and things he's dealt with before, that that would be a reasonable time frame that things will start coming back to normal, I guess. I hope. I guess. Two months. I don't know. Aren't the Olympics this year? They're canceled, I think. They're canceled already? Sure. Look it up. <laughs> Everything's canceled. I, I heard they were being urged to postpone till 2021. Weren't those in Korea? Japan? Korea? Or, no, was it Japan? Oh, it's Japan. They're doing it right over there. Do you do the Olympics with no one in the crowd? You can't. Yes. Yes, what? I think you do. I, I think I think sports should be carrying on without crowds. Mm-hmm. NASCAR is. Uh, are they? No crowds, but yeah, they're carrying on. It's not a sport. <laughs> I like where you're going with that. <laughs> a few years ago, I would have taken offense to that, but. <laughs> Cars going 200 miles, making left and, turns only. And uh, UFC is. Oh, well, that's not No crowds? Yes, but they're still fighting. The, How I was, is that possible? I was watching a match I'm a yesterday. I'm huge UFC fan. Okay, so did you know there well, I could not imagine that without the bloodthirsty fans. So yesterday I turned on ESPN to see what the hell they were doing. <laughs> and they had the McGregor-Cerrone uh, fight on. Cowboy-Cerrone. Yeah, Cerrone, yeah. And... Uh, but then, when that segment ended, they went right to live UFC fighting. And um, I had to talk to my brother, and so he, he, we're talking on the phone, and I said, what are you up to? And he said, um, I'm getting together with some guys to watch the only sports that we can. And I just happened to be watching UFC, and he said, UFC fighting. <laughs> and I go, that's what I have on TV right now. He's like... <laughs> that's what's going on. He goes, those are, the, those are the only ones that are happening. He goes, they're doing it to empty arenas. And, and, and it, you know, when you're watching on TV, you're watching the octagon, it's all dark. And there are people standing around, you know, there's, hmm. you know, whatever that essential number of people are. So you don't really notice. But yeah, sure enough, the place I, was empty. I guess and that's it was, true. Uh, Vegas. I guess that's true because the only time you really see the crowd is when the, the fighters are making their entrance to their music and carrying on. Right, right. I guess during the fight you never really see beyond the judges or the doctors or the um, sports commentators. Yeah, okay. I guess it would work. They, they could pipe in some background noise. <laughs> <laughs> well, Joe Rogan is up there flapping his jaw, so, you know, he sounds like a crowd. <laughs> Competing podcast. Okay. <laughs> so, to kind of... take out Joe Rogan. <laughs> to kind of wrap this up. How are he you doing? Sucks. How are Overrated. You doing, how are you doing on toilet paper? Uh, well, I've never been concerned about it because... He's the 1%. <laughs> no. Because Pop... He's the 1%. 1%. <laughs> because, because Pop-Tart hoards it anyway. I thought that was such an interesting thing. Like, she's so concerned about the idea of... Run- I mean, there are three things that our house will never, ever be out of. Toilet paper. Uh-huh. That's me. Okay. okay. <laughs> but uh, it could happen, right? Especially now, in in quarantine. Anyway, liquor sales, right? We haven't talked about that. Oh, yeah. Go through but, the roof. But uh, toilet paper, ketchup, and coffee creamer. 
Okay, if we even hit the reserve bottle on those, <laughs> it, 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 it is. We are off to the store. And on any given time, we probably have 20 rolls of toilet paper in our house. Nice. Mega rolls. How are you with toilet paper? Well, I did my inventory today. Mm-hmm. I am down to eight rolls. Eight. Yep. But you, you live by yourself. Yep, I'm by myself. And Do you have any idea how long it takes you to go through eight rolls? Uh, no. You're going to find Fucking out. forever. <laughs> I don't like, know. Like, 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 what if it's more or less than you think? I mean, like, do, you, do, you, do you even know? I, I have no idea how much toilet paper we go through. I, I just know that eight you know, rolls, she buys it. Uh, I don't know, sometime this time in 2021, I might be concerned. No, no you go through it quick. No, 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 no. Listen, government employee, I poop at work. <laughs> okay. Oh. oh. But what if you work from home? Oh, so it's going to be continued. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That might change soon, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, hopefully we don't get too deep <laughs> into that part of it. <laughs> no, well, I'm not concerned. I'm not going out and buying toilet paper. I actually offered some to a friend who couldn't find any for mother-in-law. So, hmm. I'm progressing. What about you, Fred? You're asking. All right. Now you, have, you have three in your house. Multiple well, bathrooms, he's counting. Yeah, we do have three bathrooms. No, I meant three people. Oh, yeah. Each has their own bathroom. (laughs) Just kidding, just kidding. That's not how we roll. Uh, I think we have 12... (laughs) (laughs) How else would you roll? So we're fine. That's what we're saying. I think for now we're good. Yeah. I don't know the exact count, but I think we're good for now. Like, like I, <laughs> I don't want to go there. I'm not gonna say it. Let's just move on to another beer because this one didn't go down. You still got like a third. I told you. I thought I might drink it. No, it didn't go down. The brood gotcha. Yeah, it just uh, it wasn't enjoyable. Hmm. It might go to a for me. I started to like it more. I had no problem with it. Towards the end. I think yeah. the half glass thing. So for you and for it you might be a for, me. for me. I, I think it kind of like um, conditioned me that yeah. the first half of the beer was kind of nasty, but well, the second half went down pretty good. The best part about it was the 7%. <laughs> yep. Well, on that note, right. bottoms up. Bottoms up. And on to beer two. Well, Nobs, the treasure trove is closer to you, and since you brought the beer, let's see what number two be. Number two. Oh, that's a great segue from our last conversation. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not sure if that was intentional or not, but well played. (laughs) We are back to North Peak. And uh, this is their Havoc Fresh Coast Now, we did a North IPA. Peak last week, right? We did. Yeah. Okay, so two in a row. Yep. Rascal, right? Rascal. Yep. Rascal, Rascal the, the raccoon. raccoon. This is Havoc the... Demon! Hellfire Demon? Demon! Demon! Stewart! Stewart! This is 7.4%, 74 IBUs. Whoa. Stop. The numbers match. Stop. 
Stop. Seven, four, seven, four. Seven, four, seven, four, yep. This is six, a assertive, hop-heavy, aromatic. Fresh Coast IPA. I don't think you said that. Uh, I, I don't know what Fresh Coast IPA means. It's freshy, freshy, you know? So fresh. It's from the coast. So what coast? Is it Lake Michigan? No. So Traverse City, I guess. Well, when it says brewed up north, we talked about this last episode a little bit. But, you know, they started in Dexter, I believe. That's not up north. No. Just to, it, no matter where we draw the line for what is considered up north, nobody would ever put Dexter in the up north category. Dexter? Ann Arborish. Oh, that's not up it's north. It's just, just west of Ann Arbor. Oh, that's south of here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's southwest of here. It is south of where we're at right now, yeah. I, I like the hop listing, though. Michigan Chinook, Michigan Centennial. That is a lot ahead. Yeah. That's a good pour. Whoa, look at that. That's what we need. Last couple have not produced. Yeah. Let's see what I can. Yeah, yeah, I'm getting a decent head on this beer as well. Whoa. It's gone crazy. Okay, well. Havoc. That's a havoc head. Ha. Um, so they call it, uh, I think you mentioned some of this, assertive, hop-heavy, and aromatic. And it actually has beer color to it. It's just got blood over it and all over it. Yeah. It's more clear than the last beer. Yeah. The aroma is not as strong as the last beer. Fred's almost overflowing. No. Yeah, mine went right there, too. Nice yep. nice little whatever they call that. There's got to be a word for that. Surface tension. Not from an engineer. <laughs> But when the foam just, you know, creeps up over the edge of the glass. Is that the meniscus? It goes up a little bit? <laughs> Maybe. I'm looking for a beer term. Anyway. Yeah. Um, so the uh, aroma in the bouquet is pretty subtle, I think. Ooh, drink it. Um. It's hoppier than the last beer. By nine. It's, nine it, it's, it's super hoppy. <clears throat> it lingers more than the last one, too. It's not the dry hop. It's the bitterness. Ooh. Yeah. Fail. They say it's aggressive, <laughs> and I would have to agree on that. Assertive. Yeah. Assertive. Uh, a a oh, bit yeah. slappy in the face. Uh... You know, on these labels, the North Peak, in the middle of the label, they always put an icon, and this one has the demon face, or whatever. Normally, they are symbols of what you would consider up north. Like, they've been deer, and they've been raccoons, and they're acorns, or whatever. Like, they're, like, sure. they're iconic to nature. There's a lot of demons up in Traverse City. Please. Haven't you heard? <clears throat> no, I have not heard. We fought off a couple in our time, right? <laughs> right, Hobbs? <laughs> so this one is, is, it's a little bit, I don't know. So the label to me is a little perplexing. Uh, like, are they running out of ideas? But hmm. as far as the beer goes, it's a very strong IPA. Too strong for me. Fred, how do you feel about it? Very happy, but I'm okay with it. Not jumping out of my seat, but it's okay. 
I think like the last one we had, I may have to reserve judgment until the end. Um, it's it packs a hell of a lot more punch than the last one. Yeah, as far as flavor wise, so uh, and it isn't skunky. So yeah, I, th- I got a little bit of it though when I smelled it. I think it has a weak aroma. Really? For yeah. for how strong a beer it is. Yeah. For the hoppiness. Not like the last one or others, but yeah. I think it's uh, uh I my guess is if you like IPAs, you would like this beer. You know, when I think about all the IPAs that I've yeah. had and, and, and pure IPAs, uh if I if I really did like IPAs as much as some I probably would throw this in the Met category. I keep thinking, too, if I'm at a bar and I see a beer on a menu, am I going to think back to, oh, I've had that on the show before, would I order it again? Which is kind of what our... It is one of the, one, based on, right? one of the metrics we use, yes. I, I think I would. Uh-huh. It yeah. kind of sticks out to me in my brain a little bit. Like, oh, Havoc IPA, that's a very strong IPA. I know, I know what I'm getting into. So I would probably order it. Have you ever used our reviews to make a decision about a beer? Yes. I have a number of times. Absolutely, I have. I've looked at beer menus before and said, nope, I know what I'm getting into with that. I can't do it. Yeah, what and about other you? Other times, I've ever? said the exact yeah, opposite. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's one of the reasons I try to keep the photos updated on the uh, on the fe- Facebook website mm-hmm. so you can just quickly skim through the photos. You know? Yeah. And... and so I just recently updated them because I was lagging. But You know what this beer sort of makes me think of is <clears throat> like the bitterness factor of this beer. It's pretty high. Mm-hmm. But when I have an IPA that is equally as bitter but has more of a citrus finish attached to it, I enjoy that a whole lot more. It reminds me of like sometimes when you you get a food that has peppers in it, and some foods with peppers are just hot to be hot. There's no right. flavor attached to the hot, but if you have a flavor attached to the hot, you you tend to like it more. Yep. So this beer to me is just bitter, but doesn't have like a grapefruit or a it, nice it does not have the grapefruit. It has no, no citrus, no citrus attached to, all, right. to the bitterness. That's and why so the aroma's like I don't like this mm-hmm. so much. That's a great point. I never thought of it like that. Because I think because I like spicy food. Yeah, you know, a lot of times carnival market. You'll get a you'll get a spicy dish, and there's no flavor attached to the but heat. But it's just hot. Yeah. I don't like that. But if you give me that same heat with a with a nice flavor, it's totally a different story. And that's how I see this beer. It's it's just bitter to be bitter. Mm-hmm. And, and mm. I, I'm not getting like a great Which is drink. often why what I see in IPs anyway, but I get it. No, there I I, I the more you say it, the, the the more I'm in agreement. The, the more I'm like, oh yeah, I, where's that where's that grapefruit? Right? Because I've talked about IPAs being citrusy grapefruit and that's definitely not this. So yeah. um well said. Mm. No, that's a great analogy. I, I've thought about that for food before. Is I prefer a flavorful heat, not just a spicy to be spicy. Yeah, because sometimes you, you'll eat something. And it's just hot to be yep. hot, and it's like, all right. But no, it does nothing beyond that. There's no trade-off going on here other than I'm sweating and my mouth is on fire. Right. Give me some flavor, and that's kind of what this beer makes me think of. 
Hmm. Just bitter to be bitter. It's a bitter-ass beer. <laughs> <laughs> to the bitter end. All right. Um, we had kind of mentioned uh, in the last segment that this coronavirus is perhaps forcing people to move home to work mm-hmm. and where it can be done. Um, and, you know, I've worked out of my house uh, not... I, if I added up the years, probably still less than 50% of my career. That's still pretty high, though. But 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 probably in the 30... Higher than most. 30 to 40% of my career, I, I worked out of my house. Um, and... So, you know, I'm kind of used to it, and I've worked out of my house and then have, have had to move back into an office and, you know, switched on and off both ways. For the person that has never worked out of their house and now maybe they, they may be asked to, do they see this as kind of like, you know, vacation time? <laughs> you know, Fred, you had kind of mentioned that. Yeah, that you, that you might be asked to work out of your house, um, and your uh, your only concern might be how much closeness <laughs> you, you may be asked to endure. <laughs> yeah, with the rest of the family. Well, first we'll start with me. I've never personally done it, like you say, and uh, I don't anticipate a problem with it. Yeah, I. Have you? Ever- I, I think that I'll get up and do what I got to do. You know, I'm not going to take advantage of it. I I will work for the time that I'm supposed to. Have you Have you ever looked at anyone that's working out of their house and thought to them thought thought to yourself how lucky? Like you know, like oh, I wish I could do that. Yeah, yeah, I've been envious of that um, for sure. Uh, I. I, I I'll expand on that a lot more in my own history uh, in, in a second, but let's let's figure out where everyone is currently on this. Nobs, you worked out of your house? Uh, here and there. Uh-huh. I've had the opportunity to work out of my house during extenuating circumstances before. Um, it's worked out, and the flexibility is great, and I find I get as much done, if not more. There's the distance from being co-workers, which kind of sucks as a disconnect. Mm-hmm. But as far as productivity, if I can sit down and focus on stuff, yeah, it's just as good, if not better. Yeah, I, I, I got, I got a ton to add on this topic because I've I've done it for so long and I have, yeah. you know, anecdotes and stories like 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 the, when you said, you know, the distance from coworkers. Well, so I used to work in a in a in a satellite office, a satellite sales office, and. Um, then I left the company, but I was still associated with the company that I left. And so they still let me keep an office in there. Um, except, <laughs> except for after 9-11, <laughs> you know, all these security protocols got <laughs> went into place. And so my office, they wanted me to wear what I called the scarlet letter. <laughs> And literally, it was a chain with a big plastic um, badge on the bottom of it that had a big red V for visitor. Now, this is where I had my office. 
So you were a visitor to your own office. I was a visitor because I was not technically part of that company. I was, I, I did, it was like associative business with them. And so they said, you know, hey, you know, Blatto, you can keep your office, no big deal. And um, uh, so after a while, it just it just fell apart. I mean, I had to sign in every day. I was signing in names like, you know, Elmer J. Fudd. <laughs> and then they eventually called me out on that. And like, As they should. <laughs> no. I'm like, you know who You're I not am. Elmer J. Fudd. Come I'm on. coming into the same place that I've worked for, you know, four years, and now you want me to sign in and wear a scarlet letter or whatever. So I ended up moving home. That Sounds was like your problem. So that's the first time that I moved. Oh, I what me troll grassy? <laughs> um, so then I th- so then I moved home and this is, I'm, I'm trying to get around to what you said, mm-hmm. knobs and that is <laughs> one of the things that you lack when you work out of the house is that interaction yeah, with people absolutely right and I still kind of work closely with these other guys and gals in in the sales office <laughs> and. <laughs> one day we were all at lunch after I had uh, been working out of the house for several months and we were all having lunch together and I made a comment about well you know I know that when I you know get you on the phone I sometimes have a tendency to go on <laughs> and they're like I'm lonely and they're like we know <laughs> and I'm like really like oh yeah we know <laughs> Looking for that adult interaction, right? Exactly. I had two little kids at the time. That's, you know, it all becomes about that. And, um, <laughs> you know, that water cooler talk is gone. And so, you know, that, that is one of the downsides of, of working at, uh, out of the house. And as more people start to have to be working out of the house during this coronavirus, um, you know, I, I would tell you that, yes, there are pros and cons flexibility, things like that, but th- th- there are pitfalls as well, hmm. you know. Um, to me, I, I've had several different jobs working out of the house. A lot of it has to do with just how busy you are because, I, you know, I've had responsibilities. I've had things that I've had to do. So regardless of the flexibility, you still have to deliver, and one of the jobs, and they were all sales jobs. One of the sales jobs I had when I was working on my house, I was swamped. I, I never had enough time in the day to get done everything that I needed to do with the customer base that I had. And so in that case, it wasn't good because, you know, when you work out of an office, 5 o'clock, 5.30, if you work till 6 or whatever, you know, boom, you're locking up shop and you're going home. You know, Today's technology, everyone can work from their home a little bit, but even back, you know, certainly back then, mm-hmm. you you left more of your work at the office. Yeah. When I was in it, the the time that I'm thinking about in particular, when I was working in the basement uh, at this job, I really had no idea what time it was. I, I mean, you know, it was, hey, honey. It's quarter to seven, you know, are you coming upstairs? Like, I, I would honestly lose track of time because I was just down there trying to, you know, catch up. Um, so in, in that respect, that's kind of one of the downsides, that you never leave the office, and you can work all the time. 
you know, even if you take your work home, if you work in an office and you take it home sometimes, um, you know, you never have an excuse for when you're working out of the house. You have everything that you need to do your job right there. So, um, you know, a lot of times it just really, I, I think it comes down to kind of how busy you are. And then that translates into the, the flexibility that you might have. I think it all comes down to your employer as well. What kind of restrictions they set up? Yeah. Are you salary or hourly? Yeah, or and I've always been salary and those kinds of things. Um, uh, you know, I, I've worked for different folks on this, on, on that spectrum. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, my, my current boss, he is very much of the belief that we're supposed to be putting in 40 hours now. There's a lot of weeks where I'm not busy enough for 40 weeks. And, or 40 hours. Yeah. Uh, right now, since they've cut our travel and we're salespeople, it's a big part of what I do. You know, whether I'm getting ready for the sales call, so that's going to chew up a lot of hours, then the travel, and then the post follow up mm-hmm. of that sales call. So that all, you know, that's a big chunk of what I do. You take away the travel, you've also taken away, in many <clears> respects, <throat> the prep work and the follow up work. And so, you, you know, it's, 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 uh, I'm looking forward to this week to catch up and do a few things that uh, have kind of been on the to-do list, but I did a lot of that last week. You know, so this week's going to be a pretty uh, easy week. For pre- you, a huh? pretty easy week, yeah. and could maintain that way until we get back into a regular schedule. And my schedule is going to be the opposite. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess for myself, it's it's like. In the job that I do, it, it's computer-based. It's uh, relative to the big three mm-hmm. being in Detroit. And um, <clears throat> I didn't even know it was possible to work at home doing what I do just because the big three are so persnickety about security and protecting their information that I honestly didn't think it was even possible to work at home. but. It's looking like it is. Um, so I'm kind of excited about that. And it, it I, I guess from the standpoint of normally having to drive into work, I don't really mind it that much. But what I'm hoping comes out of this is that if we if we have to spend a couple weeks at home working out of, out of the house, that things move smoothly so that in the future, like when we have bad snow days and things like that, mm-hmm. they tell all the engineers and all them, yeah, just work from home, don't bother coming in. I'll be able to do the same thing. So I- I'm kind of looking for that out of it because I-, I don't really mind going in. I-, I-, I like the people I work with, and I don't have too terrible of a drive, so that'll be all right. But I... I'm hoping that this proves but out. I know you're driving. That's a terrible drive. <laughs> He's used to it. I, I, I know. I know. I, I've never had anything less than a half an hour commute, so eh. Mine's about 12 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I'm just looking at it as on those horrible snow days where I risk my life going in. Yeah. So give me the ability that if I need to work at home, I can. You know, every now and then, I'm good with that. So I'm, I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to it. I hope it all comes together. The coronavirus gave me a positive thing here. <laughs> so who knows? We'll yeah. see. I, my, my business, I don't know if they're sending 
like the home office people home. Mm-hmm. You know, the salespeople have always worked from, from home. Um, it, it will be interesting to see what they can and cannot do there. Um, uh, you know, Nobs, you had mentioned productivity. Mm-hmm. And I completely agree with you. Productivity can be much higher when when you are working by yourself out of your house Less than in an office. There's right. so many. And um, just to relate another story. So I have gone from working out of the house back into an office uh, twice. And, you know, at first I thought, oh, this is going to suck. Okay. But it really, it really, it really didn't. Like getting back into the work environment with adults, <laughs> you, you know, all, all of that I was fine with. You mm-hmm. know, uh, you know, being somewhat on the clock. Like you got to show up, you know, by eight o'clock or whatever it is. None of that bothered me. You know, I, um, but I'd worked out of my house for a, a couple of years, and then I went and. Um, uh, when I moved back to Detroit here, I took a job in, and it was a small office for uh, kind of an up-and-coming company that never went anywhere anyway, but a startup or however you want to define it. And I was not in sales. I was in product management. But our salespeople were in the field working out of their house. And the general manager who had hired me had told me that it really bugs the owner that the salespeople work out of their house because he doesn't think that they're working as hard as they should. He's a real old school guy and it wouldn't make sense for that for them to all relocate in to Detroit and then fly out to their customers or whatever, right? But he didn't like the idea that we had, I think, four salespeople mm-hmm. around the country that he couldn't control. And uh, I really wasn't aware of this kind of aspect, right? So it was my first, uh, I think it was my first or second day I had taken the job, moved to Detroit. My family was still back in Chicago, but I went into the office, I think it was my second or third day, and after the days of work, myself, the general manager, and the owner went out to have a drink uh, after work. And (laughs) we're... We're sitting there and we're having our drink. And I said to the two of them, I've forgotten how unproductive it is to work in an office. (laughs) (laughs) And the look on their faces, one from the general manager was like, I can't believe you just said that. And then the owner was like, what do you mean by that? Like, and I, you know, and, and, and I thought, okay, how much do I want to explain here? You know, the GM pulled me aside later on. He's like, I'm so glad you said that. He goes, it kind of ticked Ken off. But <laughs> I'm so glad you said that. <laughs> but it was it was absolutely the way I felt. Uh-huh. Like I was, you know, there were meetings, distractions, the copy machine broke down, whatever it was. It was like, this is just crazy around here, you know, versus just I can sit at home and I can crank right. out work. And... Um, it did for for that old school like that did not make sense you know even if he was part of the problem of productivity yeah yeah i've been on both sides of that i've had Mm -hmm. employees who worked from home and it's are they actually working like what's their productivity look like i don't like this i can't track them yeah 
And then the side where I've been home and it's like, oh, there's no one looking at me. Like I can mm. pop up a YouTube video real quick and watch that. So you know, the, the flexibility has always been the upside. And like I said, the downside is you can always work. You know, I work weekends. It's like no big deal. You know, I'm going downstairs. You know, my office is in my basement right now. And, you know, I'm going to go catch up on some stuff. Can, can do that at any time. When I lived in um, the Chicago area, uh, the enclave that I lived in, there were a number of us that worked out of our house. Mostly all sales guys. Right. And um, like once a summer, twice a summer, whatever it was, in the middle of the week, we'd play a little hooky and we played golf. And every time we did it, which was like literally I was there for seven years and it was like maybe once a summer, we would say to ourselves, why are we doing this once a week? <laughs> but the truth of the matter is, you have jobs. Yeah. You, know, you know what I mean? The truth of the matter is that you really, as much as some people might think that you have the ability to do that once a week, you don't. You know, and Not if you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. Exactly. <laughs> and, and if you have the right level of... Uh, of um, uh, uh, work and uh, you know what's expected of you right um, you, you know yeah you, you have a full-time job and you have to produce and and you know and every year that one time that we would play golf on a Wednesday afternoon we'd say why don't we do this more <laughs> and then it would never happen again for the rest of the summer you know, even though I'm sure my boss thought I was playing golf with my neighbors. And, and like I said, we yeah. all had the same ability. Like nobody was working in an office, it seemed like, in Naperville. Everybody worked out of their house. You know, or why don't we just get together on the back deck and have margaritas? No, it, you know. I think that comes down to just personal integrity. And, yeah, that's a lot and to you, do with that. And you think about it, it's like, I'm being paid pretty well to do a job. I really should do the job, you know? I, I yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know, like, just for myself how much I thought about it that way, you know? Well, you laugh. <laughs> <laughs> I played more golf than they did. No. <laughs> but the way that, at least in... Most of the jobs that I've had in my career, I'm not based on the hours that I put in. It's based on the productivity that I deliver. As a salesperson, you know what I mean? You have... Yeah, it might be different to quantify. It, you, yeah. you, the, it's not. The way you quantify it is, am I delivering? You know what I mean? Well, that's what yeah. I mean. It, it, it's different in what you do. Yeah. So as long as I'm delivering you know, what's expected of me or exceeding that... As a salesperson, um, uh, the amount of hours I put in aren't necessarily the, the, the best way to calculate that. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. It's it's the complete output. Are you meeting the requirements of what you need to do? Ver the hours not necessarily I, 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 I wanna, tied to it. I, I kind of want to spin this off into a little bit different direction now that we, we kind of brought that up. You know, two things. As more people are going to be asked to work from home during this temporary period of isolation, uh, 
people like yourself, Fred, are discovering can or can or 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 or, or can they not, right? <laughs> um, do it. You know, is the technology there for you to do? Um, you know, my my sister is another example where her basic job is just done on a laptop, right? Easy. But she needs to be a part of meetings on a regular basis because the work that she does comes right out of those meetings. And, you know, Skype meetings, I think, are and teleconferences, I, I think they're abysmal. <laughs> Maybe because I've done so many in my life, but I would... I always prefer to have face-to-face meetings. Even though they're probably less productive, I just, uh, conference calls, they're terrible. So, um, you know, it's going to be, for some people, it's just really difficult to move out, out into their home. But I think more and more people are. Um, and with this thing, it might shed new light on that. But the other thing that I've been spending a lot of kind of my pea brain thinking about is with laptops, with technology, with the speed of computing, our productivity has gone up and up and up in America or in the industrialized world at a tremendous rate probably since the 80s. Why then are we still expected to work 40 hours a week? Like that's like why what what have these productivity gains done for society have in looked, the workplace? Have you looked at any, like, productivity reports or anything? Like, the average office employee works, like, 40% of the time for that very reason. It's they're so productive. They can do their job so quick. So you think even though they're putting in 40 hours, they're, they're clocking 40 hours, their productivity... Has gone down, so we're really not working forty hours. Is that is that is that what you're saying? That they're, they're working twenty yeah, because uh, you don't they're, they're have working, to. They're yeah. working seventeen hours. I think there's a lot of people who fit that absolutely. I, mean, I do now. I mean, <laughs> aren't you working right now? But, but but so then why 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 still have the expectations of the eight to five? Why because not just tell people, okay, do you do your really focus in, do your job from you know you know. 8 to 11 and mm-hmm. take the rest of the day off. Why are we obsessed with this 40 hours a week nonsense? Don't you see that a lot in, like, Europe, those countries over there? I guess France has been kind of... They're the, down the, to, like, 30-hour work weeks yeah. or 28-hour So work what, are, what are we doing? I don't know. We're, what are we doing? Slaving away for the billionaires. But we're not, we're not delivering any more mm-hmm. to them than we would if we did less, right? right? And, and they're, I don't know. I don't know. No, I'm with you. I, um, there's a real strong case for four-day work weeks. We work a lot less. And there's a few countries that have done it, and it's produced results. Yeah. And, I mean, all, all of this technology mm-hmm. is generally both in the workplace and in the casual or the leisure <clears throat> segments are always designed to make our lives easier. But yet... In the workplace, we really don't seem to be able to take advantage of it. And then jobs get replaced. Uh, well, how does that fit into this? Oh, I'm saying eventually those jobs are just going to go away until it gets crunched back down, until we don't need all these people working, like truck drivers, for example. Oh, I see what you're saying. Automation, where, where automation and AI yes. take over. 
And then what do we do? Yeah, that's another topic. It is another topic. Um, I don't. Do we ever touch on that? That'd be a good topic because I, I do like that topic about um, AI, uh, AI automation, and kind of the long term look at the workforce in that respect. But I'm just talking about kind of in the immediate, mm-hmm. you know. And as you say, nowadays some studies show that you know 60 percent of that time is spent at the water cooler. Yeah, metaphorically speaking. Would you, Fred, when 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 you're in the office, do you? How, how much time do you think you really, really cranking it out? <laughs> I, I can, I can only. Are your bosses listening? Your boss is listening. Yeah, no, yeah, no. yeah, yeah. I yeah. can only. I think I already got you in trouble once today, actually. Well, not no, with you know, my wife. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say nothing. No, I, said. I wanted to actually come back to that. Uh, <laughs> the man defend themselves. I thought about it after I said it. I'm like, in my particular job, it's ebb and flow. Like this past week was probably the busiest week I've worked and I don't know how long. I worked through lunch and I didn't even listen to MSNBC (laughs) the whole week. So I'm totally out of it. Yeah. But um, uh, working in the automotive, it's ebb and flow. Mm -hmm. So... I'm not sure how I can answer that question. I mean, do you ever find yourself uh, being in a difficult situation to fill up your time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's part of the ebb and flow thing. It's like some some weeks I don't have a whole lot of anything to do. I mean, and I feel terrible because I I've always had the ethic of you know they're paying me for forty. I want to work forty. I want to produce. I. I want to be a contributor, the whole thing, but and it just doesn't work out sometimes. <laughs> right, right. You know, and it, it's not for my lack of. But if you were still to do it, if you were still doing everything by you know, slide rule and pencil, you would fill up that forty hours, Probably. right? I mean, that's 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 the point, right? Yeah. You don't you, you don't have to, right? Because of the technological gains, yeah. which have been around for a long time. I mean, this is not new stuff. This is, you know. Uh, on the IT side, uh, you, your technological gains are the ones that help the rest of the people. So are right. you ever ahead of the curve? I can tell you the last week has been an absolute nightmare. Is that because of the coronavirus? Yes. Because you work for a municipality. Yes. And stationed at a government-funded health department. <laughs> so... <laughs> So yeah, I've had a very interesting week, week and a half. Um, are you are you helping to set up people to work from their home? Yes. Yeah, my whole last week has been helping people set up in case they need to work from home, and also doing remote video conferencing. That's been the majority of my job. And those suck too. Yep, they do. Yep. Because you're under a lot of stress and a lot of pressure. <clears throat> they need this now. It's mm-hmm. life or death in some cases. So, but That yeah. sounds serious. What I do yeah. is not that. <laughs> Speaking of life and death, you brought up having to work at home and the possibility of my wife having to work at oh. home. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It, it, yeah. It's funny. It may not like, be li- life or death, but it could be bloodshed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Over a coffee this morning, we were both kind of like surveying the house going, all right. <laughs> who gets what? Who gets what space? 
do we need to work in the same space or should we be apart and just do our own thing? So we, we were trying to figure out what would uh, lay the best ground rules first. I love it. Mm-hmm. It was hilarious. We were, we were walking around the house, drinking the coffee and surveying what's available. And I told her what I had in mind. And I said, you can go in the she cave and you can set up in there and I'll go in the main dining room and I'll set up in there because I plan on bringing home both my monitors from work. They're both 27, so I need some space. And so you go up front. I think it'll be fine. So you're by the fridge. I'm going to be on the dining room table. Yeah, by yeah. the fridge. Closer, by to the, the fridge. closer to the fridge anyway. Closer to the beer. Yeah. I'll say this being in IT, the, there's no reason... The vast majority of Americans cannot work from home. Um, the technology is there. Yeah. Like in my case, the, the technology is not the issue. It's the licensing of the software. Why? Because proprietary, proprietary and protection. Yeah. Remote right into your computer at the office. Well, that's what we're going to do. But exactly. He's got an answer. You, you know, of course he does. And as he should. That's, he that, that's another aspect that I guess I could bring up about when I first moved out of the out of the office was again this perception that I'm going to sit on my deck uh, with my laptop and you know a drink with an umbrella in it and you know enjoy the sunshine. Again, I, I got to throw that in the total myth category. Yeah, it never works out that, that way. That no one's doing no. that, right? I mean, you know. Like you, I have two monitors. They're not on my back deck. <laughs> nope. <laughs> you know, I like my two monitors, right? Um, you know, the phone, the files, the calculator, whatever, you, you, you know, whatever I need on my, mm-hmm. you know, you have a workstation for that reason. And have I ever, you know, sat on the patio and, and, and checked emails? Of course. But no, it's it's... It's not what people think of when they I think, think, oh, you're so lucky to work out of your house. The most I ever did is I made myself an omelet during working hours. <laughs> That's the most I ever did. Well, <laughs> it's like a $5 shake. I, I, see, I, I know no one from my company is listening. But uh, I think that. This uh, is my old job, by the way. <laughs> OG. OG. Well, I, I would say it's probably a bad habit for me now, and that is... Uh, I get up and then I start working and then I go get breakfast yeah. and go shower and all of that and then kind of monitor what's happening in case there's something that I need to jump on in that narrow time field instead of getting up earlier doing my breakfast and my showering before I go to work. That almost never happens nowadays for me. I, yeah, I, I do kind of squeeze that in later on into the morning. Yeah, when you can. 15-minute break. But that's probably, I mean, I, I probably shouldn't. Well, yeah. again, if it comes down to it where you're allocated a break. <laughs> right. I mean, well, it, it's interesting. Like, you, you mentioned the breaks because we're so used to an American society for 200 years, yep. right? You punch in at 8, you punch out at 5, you get a 15-minute break at 10.30, you take your lunch from 12 to 1, you get your other 15-minute break from 3.30 to 4.45 or 3.40, whatever. It's like, it, it, it's so ridiculous, yeah. you, you know? Mine were and, never structured quite that rigid. No, no, but no. being in IT, it's like, hey, you know what? I'm going to open up this web browser for a few minutes well, because I'm 
given a 15 minute break when, when I when in, in jobs that I had especially hourly jobs back in the 70s and 80s those that that was yeah. the routine and that's still very much the routine especially when we look at it from the Detroit standpoint because so many you know are clocking in well Fred you is that kind of your structure as well nope <clears throat> I thought you had breaks no no okay <laughs> no breaks for Fred <laughs> I, I take breaks only to equate to the smokers out in the smoke shack. Self-appointed breaks. Because they're smoking. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. they'll go out there and yeah. have their uh, two cigarettes every hour or so. <laughs> That's another conversation we yeah, can no, so, so yeah. I'll get Not up that he ever and, noticed. I'll get up and I do my blood clot walk. Because oh. I sit all day at a yeah. computer, yeah. so I get up and do... Get a, get a stand station, I'm telling mm. you. That's what I've done. When I, when I worked at GM, they had... You're an IT guy. You should be in favor of that. Stations. No, because those they suck to set up. Oh. <laughs> the cabling on those suck. <laughs> uh, uh, but, yeah, I was saying about, you know, that, that rigid formal schedule... Mm, you know, working out of my house, if I want to take lunch from 1 to 2, I take lunch from 1 to 2. I'm not telling anybody I'm taking a lunch, but that's what I'm going to go eat or I, go out I to eat. I think that's gone away quite a bit, Yeah, to be honest. Because like, I can take my lunch or breaks whenever I want. Yeah. It's, and I'm hourly, so no one really tracks me that hard. Hmm. Good. That's good to hear. Yeah. I think. I think that's good to hear. Huh. All right. But, yeah, I think the technology's there. We can work from home. I want to. I want to try it. Yeah. I want it to win so I can do it on snow days. <laughs> Why not Small all the time? Huh? Why not all the time? Eh, it's just not conducive to what I do. You say and, that, but you're working off the same computer. No, no, no. I, I say thing. that from, from the interaction with my customer, who's my engineer. Mm-hmm. A lot of times I need hand markups and for documentation. Yeah. That part's hard. But it can be done... I suppose, over computers, PDFs, and things like that. Yeah. But we're going to find out. And you also want to have a proper place to work. Like working on your dining room table is not oh, a proper I'm, place I'm to work. Oh, I can go in the basement, but yeah. oh, I don't yeah. want to go down there just for but depression but even factor. Said, you know, you look at the you know the way I have set up. It's still not as ideal as I would want, um, but, you know, it's a, it's, it's a workstation that I have, I've built um, I think that's an important part of working out of the house is, is to have that proper space, a dedicated space. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I don't, I don't see it being long term for me, which um, I'm okay with. But if if I could do it on occasion, I think it'd be great. All right, that's bottoms up in my book. I think it is. All right, oh, my yeah. castle full all of a sudden. Bottoms up. Bottoms up. Out. Politics. Some culture and craft beer Politics And that is why you're here Politics I don't